This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Corn futures were weaker this morning. The EU Commission has cut its usable corn production forecast from 72.5 million tonnes to total 70.2 million tonnes. A French agriculture firm estimates that 62% of the country's corn crop is in good to excellent condition as drought and heat have stressed crops. The International Grains Council has raised its global corn production estimates up by 2 million tonnes to a record 1.16 billion tonnes. The IGC also increased the U.S. corn crop to 384.2 million tonnes, although the USDA estimates 388 million tonnes. The December corn contract is down two cents at three fifty six per bushel. Wheat futures are mixed this morning. Germany's agriculture ministry forecasted that the German wheat crop will be down by about five percent, totaling twenty one point eight million tons in twenty twenty. The European Union has cut its 2020-21 wheat crop forecast from one hundred sixteen million tons to one hundred thirteen point five million tons. The IGC raised its global wheat production this year by 1 million tons to total 763 million tons. Argentina's wheat yield may drop by as much as 50% in the northern and central regions due to dry growing conditions, unusually strong frost, and pests eating crops. Chicago December is down half of a cent at 550. Kansas City December is down a cent at 471. And Minneapolis Spring Wheat is up a cent in the December contract at 541. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, August 28th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Marlo Glass. There are no such things as small chores on your farm, so you need equipment that works as hard as you do, especially during harvest season. That's where New Holland and Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John come in. During New Holland Harvest Days, get terrific deals on equipment to help you work more productively. Save with 0% financing and cashback offers on select tractors, hay tools, and harvesting equipment. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today for details. But hurry, Harvest Days ends September 30th, 2020. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome to another episode. Later on, we'll be chatting with Cameron Aggie and Vince Van Weringen with the Rotary Clubs of Fort St. John about their upcoming Rotary drive through Breakfast, which is slated to happen September 10th in support of children and youth in our community. To start today, though, it's been a minute since we talked to him, but we're uh, going to be joined now by Bob Zimmer, the MP for Prince George, Peace River, Northern Rockies. We have a few things to discuss. Thank you for making the time for us today, Bob. Glad to be here. Excellent. I wanted to start uh, with the overdose crisis. Um, it's an issue affecting our friends and our neighbours right here in the community. It's not just a BC issue. It's happening everywhere, though. Uh, it certainly seems to be a northern health issue, as we have one of the highest, if not the highest, uh, rates of it uh, in the province right now. 
I guess my question to you as an MP is what do you think the federal government should be doing to respond to this as uh, the B.C. government can do things, the municipal government can, but the federal government, what are you hoping to uh, see from the Liberals and hoping that you can uh, maybe help to uh, do something about this crisis uh, when the fall session opens up again and even before? Yeah, we've been working on this for quite some time, and a big part, especially in BC, is we see the the drugs coming in, uh, mainly from China into British Columbia, and it's coming into Canada through uh, the Western Corridor. So I think we need to do a lot more there, just in terms of uh, border security, the containers that they're coming in on. Uh, we need to st- simply put uh, men and women out there to be scanning for these drugs so they just don't enter Canada in the first place. Um, I think that's where the biggest problem lies. And I know there's a big debate whether legalization or decriminalization is the way to go. I've talked to many uh, uh, former addicts, actually one very significant addict that's uh, a proponent um, of helping those addicted to substances in the province and says that really to sustain users in the current state is really not the way to go. We want to see these uh, folks get better and get off these drugs and and have their lives back again. So there's two different strategies. I think the Liberal government's coming on from that one perspective is the decriminalization. Um, but I wouldn't agree with that. I think uh, the best uh, course going forward is really to see them uh, get the help they need to get off these drugs. Well, I'm by no means an expert on this, but a sort of middle ground um, might be uh, safe injection sites, right? There's a debate going on in Fort St. John about whether that would be mm. appropriate. We see that in places like Vancouver. Uh, I think there's one in Grand mm. Prairie across the border. Is that something you and the Conservative government would support as another way of helping to deal with this, in addition to, as you say, stricter border controls that you would advocate for? Yeah, I, I guess the term, I've heard that term safe injection site, and I think it's just a, it's not a correct term. Like to, to say that you can safely inject something that's dangerous and harmful to your body is a misnomer. I think there's ways to make it uh, the situation better. And again, I think we need to help uh, those who are addicted to drugs uh, get off them. And I think, again, more resources need to be, be given there. But again, I think the overdose crisis really... Um, if you want to look at what the crux of it is, is, is that some of these uh, drugs are laced with uh, drugs that simply kill people. And uh, unknowingly, somebody takes a drug expecting to, to get a certain effect, and they get quite a bit uh, more than they bargained for. And it's killing people. And we need to do something about that. And again, the bottom line is this stuff's coming in from China and from overseas, and we need to really crack down on the border to see that this stuff doesn't get into the British Columbia and Canada in the first place. All right, Bob. Uh, speaking of the federal government, uh, the Prime Minister asked the Governor-General to prorogue Parliament until the fall session last week, I believe. It might have been the week before. Anyway, it ended all parliamentary mm. business. Now, that includes committee work, including... Uh, The halting of ongoing investigations that several committees were uh, doing, looking into Justin Trudeau and uh, Bill Morneau and other liberals and members of Trudeau's family uh, who uh, probably should have recused themselves or had some shady, perhaps, dealings with the We Charity scandal thing. Do you suspect, in spite of the prorogation, that uh, you and many members of the opposition have come out uh, very angrily against mm. in recent weeks. Uh, do you expect these investigations to pick up once the fall session begins again, or do you think the government's just yeah. going to have to face defeat, perhaps? 
Well, there's a couple of things that may happen. Uh, I've always speculated there could be a fall election. So what may happen is that once the appropriation is done as of September 23rd, uh, the government uh, or the prime minister might simply ask uh, to call an election and away we go. Uh, then he doesn't have to answer for that anymore in the House. All the weak questions amongst uh, many of the other uh, scandals that are plaguing this government. So that may happen. If we do come back, it's going to be a challenge for them because we're definitely, the WE situation is just getting started. Uh, the WE organization, there's a lot more on, on that particular organization and it's ties to the, the cabinet, the, the current cabinet uh, um, in Ottawa. So I think that story is not going away. Uh, every story seems to have its, uh, people get tired of it though, and they, they get tired regardless of how um, much it's a problem. Um, people eventually get tired of an issue. So, But anyway, we're going to do our best to bring forward uh, the issues that are, are coming out. Uh, I just posted something yesterday about another spending situation with former Minister McKenna, $146 million. And it seems like situation after situation after situation, they're looking for ways to sort of game the system to get money to their friends. And, uh, and they're using taxpayer money to do it. And it's just unacceptable. Uh, plus, we see... Uh, um, Finance Minister Freeland talk about a green, uh, new green situation uh, following the prorogation uh, probably will be in the throne speech. And I've heard amounts as, as high as $200 billion extra spending uh, this year alone. So that puts us up over half a billion, uh, half a trillion dollars uh, in spending in just one year. That's a, just in de uh, deficit spending. I would like to add to that. So where we're going from here is just a scary uh, place. And our economy's not doing very well. I don't know if you saw the numbers this morning that came out uh, doing uh, very bad. 38% uh, drop in GDP. Uh, you know, spending at all-time highs when uh, the economy's not doing so well and this government even wants to impede natural resource development even further is just beyond me. I don't know what their plan is, but it doesn't look good. Now, with that in mind, um, given this situation, the Wee scandal, uh, the deficit numbers, uh, this sort of these things, many things going on, do you foresee the Conservatives working with the Liberals at all if they do things that make sense to the Conservative opposition in this sense? Will you support things that they say, we're going to do this, we're going to make changes, perhaps to you know keep a government going in this sense, or... Do you think, and we'll talk about the new leader in a moment, but do you think sure. you're not going to support this government anymore and you'd rather just see it defeated and perhaps see an election? Well, I think for the good of the country, we need to see a change. But I will say, though, I've always said, uh, regardless of wherever, whatever party's uh, bringing the idea forward, if it's a good idea, it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't just uh, support or not support uh, an issue or a situation or law or bill based on the party that brings it forward. If, again, it's a good idea, it's a good idea. So I wouldn't say that we'd absolutely uh, block everything, but um, you know, we're wanting a change in government. We have our leader in place now, and we're ready to go. Uh, the block, m my understanding is they're ready to go. I think uh, the real party to ask is the NDP, because right now they're all that the Liberal Party needs to prop them up and stay in power in Ottawa. So uh, Jagmeet Singh needs to answer. He's ready to uh, pull down the government. Uh, we've heard rumors that uh, them as a party are not doing very well financially. They didn't do very well last election. So are they going to want to go into another election within a year's time of the last one? Hard to say.
but my hope is that uh, I'd say that the big shift that we saw, there's a shift from uh, Justin Trudeau deciding to pull down his own government to get a majority. And before the Wee scandal, he was in the majority territory after spending all that money. But now it's really in the opposition's court to decide uh, if, if we're all going to agree to pull them down. And my hope is that the NDP finally agree and that we do it. All right, Bob. Uh, you mentioned the new party leader, Aaron O'Toole, has been uh, leader less than a week at this point. Um, he is a sitting mm-hmm. MP, which uh, means he'll be right in the House when the fall session starts. Uh, first of all, uh, I got to mention the election process because it was a little bit of a mess. At least it looked like it. It went on and on for hours oh, yeah. and hours. You as a member of the yep. party, as an MP in the party, you're watching that. What are you thinking? What are you kind of, were you really concerned at points that it was just going to be an yeah. irretrievable mess? What, what What are your thoughts? Well, I'll, I'll be blind. I mean, I was sitting, if some were watching the results, I was sitting right behind uh, uh, Peter and Nazanin because I was part of the Peter McKay campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were watching this unfold and we just thought it was brutal. Um, we were in Ottawa day before and these ballots could have been counted uh it started at 4 a.m eastern standard time it could have been started the day before they had lots of time to do it so why they chose to uh you know cut it this close to the line you know and have a delay of i think what was the final day about six hours i think we finally were getting the results it was around midnight ottawa time so it just it's ridiculous and uh it doesn't reflect well on us but um, um my trust is that our new leader will make sure that uh, improvements will be made to the process so it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the new leader, what are you hoping to see from him? And uh, what do you think he brings to the table as a parliamentarian and as a, a leader, a now yeah. leader, prospective leader in the House that maybe your former leader, uh, Andrew Scheer, lacked? What, what do you think a big difference will be or differences? Yeah, well, the two, Andrew and Aaron, are two very different people. Um, so the, I think what uh, Aaron brings is a strength to the house. He's very well spoken. Uh, I don't know if many know this, but he was my seatmate. So after he won the by-election uh, when Jim Flaherty had passed away, uh, he sat right next to me for six months. So Aaron and I know each other fairly well. Mm-hmm. He's a very good orator. He's a very good speaker. I would say uh, compare him to Churchill in some ways. He can deliver a really good speech and speak very well. Uh, he's got some fire in his belly, and I think that's what uh, I really appreciate about him. He's going to fight. And I, I think our country needs a leader like that that's ready to fight. Uh, I think uh, our constituents and our supporters are, you know, we're, we're the nice guy off, uh, you know, oftentimes. But I think somebody that has some fire in their belly that's ready to, to take on uh, sitting government, again, with some fire in his belly is more than welcome, and Canada needs it. Okay, and that's very broadly speaking, but uh, the uh, man you were supporting for leader, Peter McKay, uh, sadly, who, who lost, he, um, mm. in general, and again, broadly speaking, he was seen to have had more progressive tendencies in sort of his policy ideas than some of the other candidates, including Aaron O'Toole. Are you concerned at all that perhaps, given that we've got someone like Aaron in, who's maybe more like Andrew Scheer than he is Peter McKay in terms of their policy stances, Mm -hmm. that it'll be hard now, tougher now, to invite people who maybe voted for a liberal government last time to vote for a conservative option that's going to maybe look similar to what we've kind of had recently Mm. in terms of policy? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. I think ideologically, that's one thing we've known early on is that Peter and Aaron are very similar individuals. 
um, they support uh, very similar in terms of uh, you said progressive views. They're very almost identical views. I guess the question is whether the Canadian public is ready to support somebody uh, like like Aaron or Peter. Uh, my attraction to Peter and to be part of his team and uh, was the simple fact that uh, made this analogy many times. There's only about 33 percent. Uh, in Canada that, that are affiliated with the Conservative Party are called some, uh, Conservatives. So for us to win an election, we need to draw in some of that 10% that typically doesn't identify as a Conservative. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? You have to appeal to them in some way, whether they're from Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal or any of these urban areas. And uh, I think uh, uh, people like Aaron or Peter uh, have that ability to do that. So it remains to be seen. My hope is that Aaron can do that and, and us, we can do that as a party. And still remain true to our values. Uh, you know, I'm still very much the same guys when I started in this uh, business back in 2011, almost uh, 10 years ago now. But again, I think we as conservatives need to draw on those those people that don't typically identify as conservatives. And uh, again, that's simply what we need to win. We need about 10 to 15 percent of those individuals to vote for us next time. They didn't vote for us last time. All right, Bob, we're going to have to leave it there for now. But again, as always, thank you very much for making the time with us uh, or making some time to uh, speak with us today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back with Cameron Aggie and Vince Van Weringen right after this on Moose Talks. One thing is for sure. Riggers get filthy and Soap City Cleaning is in the business of making filth disappear. We provide industrial rags and wipes to oil field companies in the North Peace region, along with cleaning of coveralls, gloves, and any other oil field attire. Plus, with our pickup and delivery service, we have the most efficient turnaround times for even the busiest rigs. One thing we've never said is, that's too filthy. No job is too big or small at Soap City Cleaning. See for yourself on 95th Ave or online at soapcitycleaning at gmail.com. The Moose FM Block Party presented by Ford City Chrysler is back for 2020. But with a twist. It's the socially distant block party inside the Lido Theater. This year, the block party will feature two amazing street performers entertaining the entire family for one day only on Saturday, September 26th. That sounds like fun! You'll get to see The Great Balonzo and Flying Bob perform thanks to the city of Fort St. John on the Burger King stage at the Lido Theater. Each show will be limited to 50 people, but we'll be doing six shows in just one day. Book your free seats starting September 4th at energetictickets.ca. For more details about our COVID-19 safety plan, please visit moosefmblockparty.ca. The Moose FM Block Party, presented by Fort City Chrysler, Saturday, September 26th at the Lido Theater. Supported in part by the City of Fort St. John, Burger King, M&M Food Mart, Rip Shoe Renew, and Windsor Plywood. Get all the details about the event at moosefmblockparty.ca. Here at TNT Communications, we are committed to your safety and the safety of our staff. We are open, so come check out our huge inventory of cell phones and accessories. Check our website at ttcom.ca for a complete listing of all our rental equipment, such as two-way radios, UTV rentals, truck boosters, installation, and so much more. Please respect the social distancing rules and guidelines. See TNT Communications at Fort St. John, your bell source in the peace. Hey DQ fans, Dairy Queen apologizes for the limited seating due to COVID-19. At this time, their dining room is open to half capacity in order to follow the social distancing rules and regulations. Don't have time to dine in? DQ has you covered. Just download the Skip the Dishes app and order off the Dairy Queen food menu to have it delivered right to your door. 
With Skip the Dishes, enjoy DQ at home tonight. Dairy Queen, Fort St. John, open 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. You've got things to haul. You're farming, you're working in the patch or construction, and you need reliable trailers to get the job done. At Legacy Trailer Rentals, they get it. So they offer you a wide variety of trailer sizes and styles to get her done. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Gravel trailers, equipment haulers, combination trailers, they've got them and more. Call Legacy Trailer Rentals now at 780-518-1177 and check out LegacyTrailers.ca. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at EnergeticCity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. We're joined now by Cameron Aggie and Vince Van Waringen of the Fort St. John Rotary Club. I hope I said your name correctly that time, Vince. Thanks for coming, guys, coming on the show coming on the show thank you for having us all right yeah, uh, thank you we'll start with yeah, you cameron you. uh for people who don't uh, know what is the rotary club and what do they do exactly exactly absolutely i'm still learning that myself no the uh rotary club is a service club in fort st john and really around the world i actually got involved about three years ago in language and learning about an organization that is interested in the needs of the community, has capacity as business owners, as influential members of the community to actually guide resources and efforts to see change. And the change um, happens globally. It happens through service projects. Uh, in some cases, we're able to fund projects, to build playgrounds, to build water parks. It goes beyond that. And really what I appreciate about Rotary is it's an opportunity for folks who may not know how to best direct their time and their energy and their resources, and it really provides that focus. So opportunities like we're gonna talk about today are one of the ways where Rotary likes to give back to the community and really make some impact and change. Wow, that's excellent. Uh, Vince, uh, you're obviously a member of the club, and uh, we're, we're, we're here mostly to talk about the drive-through breakfast today, which is happening on September 10th. Uh, I gotta admit, given COVID-19 and whatnot, I wasn't 100% sure if this event was going to be happening, so I'm glad to hear it is. Why don't you tell us, uh, again, for people who don't know, what what is the drive-through breakfast and what are we doing with it? So uh, drive-through breakfast is, is we did it last year, hot off the grill, um, bacon and egg sandwiches. You know, you get your bag of goodies to go out with. Um, this year, we are contributing the money to the youth and children within Fort St. John. Um, yes, you're correct with with COVID. We weren't too sure how it was going to go down, but we have um, worked with our health authority and making sure that all um, COVID protocols are being met and that we're able to do it. Luckily, being a drive-through breakfast, there won't be a congregation of people. Mm -hmm. um, so it allows us to do this and raise some funds for the youth and children here who through these tough times are also, um, you know, you don't really see it as much in children as you do in businesses and adults and stuff. But um, it was definitely something close to the heart of Cameron and the membership of the Rotary Club for um, this year with youth and children for the event. Okay, now I want to mention, uh, as I did lots last year, Vince, you're a Red Seal chef, as I, uh, as I, if I remember. So these are going to be uh, exceptional breakfast sandwiches that you're making, correct? <laughs> you bet, you bet. Last year we did uh, 1,200 sandwiches. Wow. Um, we had planned on about 700, and um, the, the community really showed up. Uh, 
the pre-orders that we had were about 700 the morning of, um, and we did about 500 drive-through sandwiches that day. So it was very successful last year, and the community, again, it's shown up big this year um, with sponsorships and um, pre-ordering. So pre-ordering is able to be done through our Facebook page. There's a pre-order form as well as um, people can contact myself or contact us on the Facebook. Um, sponsorships like Murray GM, Butler Farm Equipment, uh, our local MLA Dan Davies, DGS, McSuds, Canadian Tire, GFL Environmental, Alaska Highway Auto Body, Auto Glass, and Bronze Flooring, um, Trim Tech, Sterling Management, York Later Mine, Pins Production, Pat's Auto Supply, MMP, uh, Canadian Grind, Bold, Sun FM, The Bear, Alaska Highway News, Ideal Office Solutions, Epscan, and of course, Moose FM uh, have all shown up and, and made this huge um, contributions this year. So we really look forward to giving this all back to the youth and children within the community. Absolutely. You read half the business directory of this town there, Vince. That was impressive. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who the most appropriate person to answer this question is, but I believe last year the focus was on uh, buying uh, kind of school uh, breakfasts for students around Fort St. John. Now, is that sort of included in what you're saying this year when it's going to support youth and children, or uh, is is that different? And and out of curiosity, why did you make the change in in the wording or how the money's going to be directed? Answer that, Dub. Um, one thing that we like to do every year is to evaluate our uh, our impact. And this year, we what we've done is we've not really changed the beneficiaries of anything, but we've actually expanded our reach. I see. And we've developed what we would identify as four pillars of influence that we would like to have this year in Fort St. John, that being seniors programs, children and youth, uh, homelessness and poverty, and literacy. And so... Of these four pillars for this event, we chose children and youth programs. And what it does is allow the committee to go into the community and say, okay, well, this year's school looks different. Will that will that difference have an impact on need? Um, are there other organizations that are also feeling the stress of COVID-related um, situations? So the committee, uh, led by Vince, has narrowed down a number of organizations that will come to us over the month and discuss their need, their operations, and that way we're able to um, expand our reach and really look at a situation this year that could uh, most benefit from some of the finances. Since the inception of this program, it's put 30, over $30,000 back into the community. So the costs are very low. The donation for this sandwich primarily goes right out the door into uh, unrestricted funds to which our club is able to direct right back to Fort St. John. I think that's the beauty of this event because the money in, money out is so close to the same mm-hmm. and actually see the impact quickly. And one thing we want to do is not tie organizations around what they have to buy, but really work with them to say, what are your greatest needs? How has COVID impacted your operations? And we've heard from several in the community of real cost um crisis that they're in that they did not expect and so it's really encouraging for us to see all of these partnerships pre-orders um and you know we've even talked about this is a great opportunity for businesses to maybe buy a breakfast for their customers you know to buy a breakfast for their staff because um there's just a lot of ways that this can be used and it's just really exciting for us as a club because we didn't know how covid would impact our own fundraising what we're seeing through the event and what we're seeing through a lot of the work that's been done so far 
is that it's actually benefiting uh, us and that people are recognizing the need has increased and they're really stepping up. So we're really encouraged. Wonderful. Uh, one last quick question for you guys. I think, uh, Vince, hopefully uh, you can answer this. Um, you had mentioned the 1,200 sandwiches that you uh, sold last year. Are you challenged? Is there a challenge? Are you hoping to beat that this year? Is there a number you're hoping to reach in sandwiches sold uh, for this great cause? Yeah, we are trying to get that 1,500 this oh. year. Um, 1,200 eggs was, was a lot last year. I was cracking two-handed. So, um, <laughs> you know, we had the barbecue full straight through. Um, I understand, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of businesses that are um, doing the pre-orders, and, and that'll help out huge. Uh, we have had a lot of our sponsorships and a lot of pre-order businesses also give back to our frontline workers and have us deliver um, sandwiches to the hospital, to the nurses, or over to um, grocery stores or whatever. So, like I say, I mean, we're still two weeks out. The community has been fantastic. Um, the giving we have seen, not only the rotary, but the fact that businesses are saying, please take 20 sandwiches to our frontline workers, um, is so encouraging um, in, in the community of, of 14 John. All right, guys, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, September 10th, the Rotary drive through Breakfast. It's happening in the Safeway parking lot. Uh, maybe skip breakfast that day and uh, take a, get takeout, and you're on your way to school or work. Guys, thanks so much for stopping by and chatting with us this morning. Thanks for having us. All right, uh, we'll be right back to wrap things up right here on Moose Talks. Ford St. Johners, it's your turn to decide which dirty vehicle deserves a detailing service with Moose FM's dirtiest vehicle, fueled by Murray GM. Courtney's partner's truck needs a detailing service because he always works overtime and he never has the time to clean up his lovely truck. Vote now at moosefm.ca under contests. Moose FM's dirtiest vehicle, fueled by Murray GM. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit pris.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again to our guests, Bob Zimmer, Cameron Aggie, and Vince Van Waringen <laughs> for stopping by. Again, the Rotary drive through Breakfast, September 10th in the Safeway parking lot. Laura and I will be doing the show live from there the day of, so stop on by, say hello, grab yourself a sandwich or 10 or 20 or 50, all helping out children and youth around this great community. That does it for Moose Talks this week. Adam Rayburn, as usual, the studio producer. He will be sitting in this chair or that chair over there next week while I enjoy some vacation time. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. This is Moose Country. Thinking about you lately, reminiscing, going crazy. Miss the way your kiss would keep me up. Hey, wish that you were here tonight, drinking vodka soda, extra limes, and we could just get back to being us. Cause I just wanna be cool again, cool again. Cool
I just want to be cool again, cool again, cool again Like we were last time, I want you again, you again, you again To be still in my covers, all tangled in each other
I wish we could stay a Canadian summer, but man, it is feeling a lot like fall in the energetic city today. It is uh, 10.39. My name is Ted Sloan. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Friday. Uh, it's kind of like a weird Friday because usually we think end of August, we go back to school, but with the world being the way it is and also Labor Day being a little bit further back, it's like you get another free week coming up. Maybe. Anyways, we're going to lots to chat about this uh, next couple hours as I get to hang out with you. We're going to talk about the Moose FM block party, what's going to stay the same, what's going to be a little bit different, talk about some contests, seeing how you could win some stuff, because free stuff is always great, and checking up, of course, on entertainment, on news, on that 90s show, all that good stuff. Stay tuned. It's all coming up here on 100.1 Moose FM. There's nothing better than enjoying fresh produce in the fall. But what makes fresh produce even better? Fresh, local produce. The Fort St. John Farmer's Market is open every Saturday until Thanksgiving at the Seniors Building on 100 Street. And they have a huge selection of fresh fruit and veggies and local meat vendors. While you're there, check out all of the crafts from our local vendors and so... Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.